Hi, my name is Bessie Yobi, CEO of Connectex. For more than one decade, I was focused on diversity. Our world are changing so fast. It is a time for all human beings to have a new perspective on innovation and inclusion. Welcome to DFC Arc. In this podcast, I will meet my peers from all over the world to grow our knowledge on this conversation. Why diversity matter? You will receive the answer at the end of every episode. Welcome again. Hello, everyone. My name is Bessie Yorobi, and this is the DFC Act Podcast. Hey, Christy. Hi. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. So I'm very glad to see you because for all those people who listen to this episode, uh, I meet for the first time, Chrissy, on a Sabah um 2018. I was uh, advisor for this uh, amazing event. And uh, right now, it's a pleasure to uh, invite her as a guest. So this podcast, we on this podcast, we talk about uh, the perspective of diversity. A lot of things are happening on, this, on our world right now. And uh, people um, don't know the the, 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 the the meaning of diversity, and sometimes they don't understand why diversity is so important. And that's why we, we want to come discuss with you and have this conversation. And um, to start, you know, how we go with some personal questions. So can you introduce yourself? Chris? Yes, yeah. So I'm Christy Pitts. Um, I'm a general partner at a venture capital firm in the US called Backstage Capital. And our focus at Backstage Capital is investing in underestimated founders. So we say underestimated instead of underrepresented because we feel that underestimated is a better uh, example of, of the situation, which is that many founders are overlooked and underestimated by traditional VCs, um, despite having an incredible background, um, solving a promising idea and building a strong business. And so um, for us, we invest in founders that are women, people of color, LGBTQ founders, and they could be in any industry. And we have invested now more than in more than 140 companies, and we have $12 million US under management. So we've been actively investing just about five years, and I joined the firm about three years ago, and so I've helped to invest in about 80 of those companies. Wow, wow, amazing, amazing. So. Uh, what are your ritual and uh, routine when you wake up? Yeah, so um, I have a baby. He's seven months old. And so um, oh. right now what happens is yeah. it's, it's very different than any other time in my life because mm-hmm. this new baby is in my house, right? Wow. So um, yeah. in the morning, my husband gets up earlier. He leaves and he commutes. He's an mm-hmm. essential worker here in the U.S., so um, he gets up, gets the baby, brings the baby from his crib and puts him in the bed with me. And then I'll feed the baby. My baby will sleep. And then I'll be like checking my email, checking Twitter, reading the news. When my son wakes up for the day, then we get up and we get ready for the day. So um, that's kind of a new development. And the other thing that I was thinking about this morning is um, we make breakfast together. So he's just learning how to walk. So I'll bring him into the kitchen and he has this little walker. He walks around the kitchen and then I'm making my breakfast. I make his breakfast for him and we get the day started. Wow, cool. So like I, I, always, I always say that this baby uh, and this, um, yeah, your, your husband, they, they create a, a, a place for you because 
is kind of womb where you have your happiness, everything disappear and uh, you create your bubble and uh, you, you know, you have such of a gratitude for the life, right? Yes, it's true. And it's like, it's wonderful to be a first time mom, to be able to spend this amount of time at home with my son and see him growing and learning. And it's, it's just great. Cool. Cool. So uh, how was your childhood and uh, your college life? I know it is yeah. it's a little bit so, <laughs> but we we ask this to understand your your commitment because what you are right now is the fruit of what you was in the past, right? That's why we mm -hmm. ask this kind of question. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, I feel a little bit like let me lean back and tell you my life story. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I I'm from California. I'm from the San Francisco Bay Area, so I grew up here, and um, I have a very I would say like quote-unquote normal and boring childhood um I live with my parents my sister I grew up in a suburb of the Bay Area called Gilroy um something that is I think part of my story now is that it was a very diverse community um specifically there were a, it was diverse community in terms of skill set and backgrounds so there are a lot of people that worked in tech um in this like original Silicon Valley if you will so I'm working on semiconductors and chips and things of that nature. And then there, are, there was also a lot of people working in agriculture as an agricultural community as well. So um, that's where I grew up. And I went to college not far away and also in the Bay Area in the Silicon Valley at a school called San Jose State University. And um, this is also a very diverse university. Many international students come to this university. And in fact, it's one of the graduates from this school um, are one of the highest group of people that work for like Apple and Facebook and Google and so forth. So tech has a very big influence. Um, but it's also a, a public university. So you see people from all backgrounds that are attending the school. So that's my background. Um, I, I don't know, I like to read a lot. <laughs> that's what I did as a kid. I spent a lot of time reading. And in fact, something that people find funny is that when I would get in trouble, um, that would be my punishment. I would be banned from reading because that was the only thing I cared about and so um, my parents would say that I couldn't read and if I got caught reading I would get in trouble for like a certain period of time so wow. that's I guess nerdy from the beginning yeah 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 no, it's yeah. very nerdy but it's cool it's cool and uh but it makes sense because right now uh because we are, I think we are the first ever person I, I meet that born and raised in the Silicon Valley because most of mm -hmm. people are immigrants and they are coming to Silicon Valley but you are born raised there and uh, I think your perspective is different because born, be born and raised in this such of environment is like so impactful. And uh, you, you, you saw the, the different aspect, like the, the greatness of the, the technology mm -hmm. and at the same time, the, the different and the, also the, the evolution of this area because it was more agricultural agricultural area as you already said. And right now it's mm -hmm. very, very technical space. I think it's, like that, I understand that why you have uh, such a gratitude because you are born in a place with uh, a lot of opportunities and uh, people mm -hmm. from different perspective at the beginning and uh, mm -hmm. like you are not afraid from my from 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 thought, you are not afraid of difference, right? Uh, yeah. Right. Very cool. So uh, why, I think it's, it, it will be quite, quite logical to ask this question mm -hmm. right now. Okay. Why are you so invested in civil rights and civic rights, sorry, and diversity movement? Because 
in backstage, you say, hey, Bessie, I saw you on Twitter. You tweet a lot. I say, yeah, yeah, too. And, but <laughs> when I saw your tweet, every time when you, I saw your tweet, it's two things. Civic right and, um, and uh, diversity. But sometimes you talk about tech, but you are very invested on this mm -hmm. uh, topic. And why? Yeah. So for me, it's very personal. I think that... Um, you know, I'm a person that has quite a lot of privilege as a white woman that lives in the Bay Area. Um, I've benefited, my family has benefited and I've benefited from a lot of the systemic policies um, that have contributed to holding other people back. But um, so when I look at and meet folks that don't have the same background that I do, um, sometimes I think, you know, we my I wish that what my family has, everybody could have. And on top of that, um, I really feel, I believe this, it's on my phone background. It says, I believe in this concept that no one is free until everyone is free. And yeah. um, there's so many different experiences that I've had in my life where I have been, I have had discrimination against me or I've seen people that I love be discriminated against or people that I don't even like that much, to be honest, <laughs> have been discriminated against. And I feel that unless um, the rules are fair and they apply to everyone in the same way, then we are all being held back and we are all affected by it. So this work is important to me because um, helping somebody, providing an opportunity to somebody that may not have that opportunity also benefits me. And I think um, at Backstage, it's very clear what the benefit is because we're investors. So when we invest in these companies, we have the opportunity to participate in the financial upside that the companies yeah. generate. But as a person who lives in society, I don't live in a vacuum. I live in a society where everybody else lives as well. And so when other people don't have access to, um, you know, here in the United States, there's lack of access to the right to vote, um, lack of access to affordable housing, lack of access to education and environmental impact. And it goes on and on and on. Um, all of that affects me and it affects my family. And so that's why it's important to me that we create change. Great. So I don't have anything to add. It's really clear and, and, clear and switch. And uh, I have another question. So um, what, type, what diversity mean to you? What, what's the meaningful? Because yeah, a lot of people have a uh, sort of um, uh, yeah, definition, but, you know, I think it's more personal than uh, like semantical definition. What's your personal definition of, of diversity? I prefer <laughs> than the semantical because sometimes, you know, sometimes you can have trouble due to the semantic, right? Yes, yes, that's true. And like so unprivileged have... and uh, unrepresented, then uh, no, we can't see, you know? <laughs> yeah, I think it's interesting. So like at Backstage, we have a very clear definition because it's like, Part of our investment mandate right so women people of color lgbtq and when sometimes we get pressed on this and people say well what does people of color mean it means anybody that's not white and sometimes that's even a personal definition so somebody may appear to be white but they do not um, identify as white because they have other background um, so that's what we use in the corporate setting uh, personally i feel um, diversity i feel i have a very um liberal definition of diversity, a very general de definition, which is that, um, you know, you need to have people from different backgrounds with different perspectives. Um, and that's it. <laughs> so <laughs> Simple. <laughs> yeah, I don't go Simple. too far into like, you know, different sections and so forth. Yeah. But I do notice, um, you know, when we have, it's, I think there's, 
um, this concept of intersectionality, I think is very important. So it's not just having um, a woman and a man and maybe somebody who is LGBTQ, but you could have um, a black man from a certain place, a different country. You could have um, a woman that has lived in, di in different places, you know, m parents, veterans, there's so many different ways to look at it. But ultimately, when I think about diversity, it's about what's contributed to somebody's perspective today, what they've gone through in their past that makes them unique, and then ensuring that you're not having too many people in the same room that come from that same place. Yeah. So uh, normally, I don't, I don't prepare this question, but I, I want to use two. So, you know, we, we, we hope that this thing will happen in the US, but I'm not sure. Right now, uh, hopefully, uh, if Joe Biden uh, win, it will yes. be for the first time ever that yes. a woman as the vice president of the US. Yes. Like person, Kamala. Person, yeah, Kamala, right? <laughs> so I, I saw your last tweet and uh, what you say about the woman like makes sense in my head and uh, I know it's not prepared, but I want to ask you like, yes. if this thing happening, do you think that it could be a real chief for US? Because personally though, I feel I sure, I don't know, I don't know when, but mm -hmm. the first woman president of US will be a woman of color. Cause when I, I saw some uh, some uh, movie like uh, uh, like Forty Hour Chrono or uh, uh, House of Cards, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. to see what will happen in the future. We are, we we think that it will be not happening, but I think it will happening because it's already on the road. Like many mm -hmm. people are contributing of that are involved, but it takes time to make change. It takes time, and uh, yeah. Tell me what you think, because you're American and you know your reality more than me. <laughs> yeah, I think, you know, I'm very hopeful that we will have Biden in the um, president as our president. Um, and if we do, then that means we will have Kamala as our vice president. And just having her on the ticket is an important moment um, for so many people. For friends of mine that are, um, have a South Asian background, Kamala is a black woman, but she is also Indian American. Yes. Um, and yes, so it's very important because um, you, there's this phrase that you can't be what you can't see. And having somebody um, like Kamala who has, who has paved the way, and by the way, she's from Oakland. Yeah. So I just want to say, Oakland, baby. Um, <laughs> someone who has paved the way like she has and risen to the level that she has is very inspiring. And it shows that there really truly is opportunity here. And I think that it is one more brick in the path to change for the United States. So um, we, unfortunately, as a country, we've built racism into our structures from the very beginning and, and oppression as well. And it's going, you know, that's been part of our DNA as a country from the time that we were formed. So it is something that we have to root out from the very depths of our nation. Mm -hmm. And that's going to take time. But I believe that we can do that. And I believe that it's progress like this that helps us to get to where we need to go. Oh, so you, you, you already explained how you help minority funders. But I want to recalibrate my, my, this question. So mm -hmm. uh, how do you help minority funders? And then what do you think about Gen Z? Because many people talk about millennials, millennials. But yeah. I'm, I'm, in the same time, I'm scared of Gen Z. And I'm, I'm, in the same time, I have a lot of uh, consideration for this generation. Because as millennials, I think 
okay, people talk about us. We are not on the mm -hmm. on, on on our like all point. We don't have we are done for have for the moment the power because most powerful people right now have mean, mainly Gen X, right? Mm -hmm. Hopefully soon as well we'll be on the road. But yes, I'm more I'm more confident for, for Gen Z because yep. they, they are incredible. Gen Z are incredible. What do you think about Gen Z? And do you have all sort of uh, founder Gen Z? Do you have focus on them? What do you do for Gen Z? Because to be focused just on US, you know, mm -hmm. I, I, you know, and I'm US man, but I'm I'm fan of US. You know, I'm fan, right? <laughs> so for me, the future of US is Gen Z. You know, mm -hmm. and that, that's why, like some initiative, like we we are all what is good because they are focused on Gen Z. They don't care about the rest. They are focused mm -hmm. on Gen Z because they want to educate and train this generation because ge this generation need us, right? What do you think about mm -hmm. that? And how, as as a as a phone, you 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 have these kind of people. What do you see? What, what do you what will be the train as an investor for you? What do, what be the train? Yes. So um, I think. You know, I think millennials have had their moment. I'm a millennial. I'm going to be 35. Like, I'm married with a kid. <laughs> I'm not hip. <laughs> <laughs> Those days are behind me. I was just joking about this the other day. So, um, you know, I think, and I also love that you say Gen Z. Um, we say Z. So it's, it's great to me to hear that different um, pronunciation. So, yeah. yeah, we do have Generation Z founders in our portfolio or Z founders in our portfolio. Um, we don't have a focus necessarily on investing in, in younger people. We don't have age as a, as a focus. Um, but I do think that, you know, there's a couple of things. In the U.S. specifically, um, younger people are, there is no my majority group. So this concept of like underrepresented minority doesn't exist once you look under a certain age. And I think that age is maybe like today, like 25 or 22 years old. And so when we think about this next generation, they're diverse by default. There is no majority. And so um, that actually, I think, is very important for a lot of the reasons. One of the reasons is because they're bringing this diverse perspective to whatever they do their entire life. And that's going to include how they show up in politics, how they show up in business. Um, and I think, you know, um, not to like project that I am part of this generation because I'm not, but I think that this is very similar to the background that I shared about myself, where I grew up in a very diverse environment. Mm. Um, I also never felt that I was part of a, a majority group as a, as a child when I was in an environment with my peers. And so I think that this, is, um, this experience growing up in a diverse environment really broadens your perspective and makes you feel that when you're building, you need to be building for a diverse world. And because it is, it's not like some hypothetical thing that yeah, it's not something eventually. <laughs> <laughs> that's the reality and yeah. we live in a global economy and there's seven more than seven billion people on this earth and mm. um you know it's not majority white people on this earth so anyways long way to say that i am encouraged i think that by default there's going to be um, really interesting things that come from this generation um in the u.s we've been having a lot of um protests right now because of the police brutality that we have in our country mm -hmm. and um, younger people generation z people have really been contributing to that progress as well and so i think that um i'm glad i'm glad to see the generation coming up behind us is um, so outspoken so vocal and really focused on benefiting all 
great. So, it's very cool. So, uh, we, want, we want to know right now, what is your journey? Because many people know you as backstage, but many people mm-hmm. also, that people like me try to do their homework. <laughs> was also a part of the like the shift ministry at Verizon as VC. Mm-hmm. And uh, can you talk about your journey at Verizon and a uh, little bit about your journey in uh, in uh, backstage because this journey is not end at all for the moment. You are still mm-hmm. in a, in, a, in a backstage, but it will be important to you know as a woman if you can share also uh, your back uh, your your journey at. Do, uh, as uh, as Verizon, at Verizon, sorry, and uh, and backstage, because you know so, some some girls need to know because some girls say, ah, can I be a VC? Yes, you yes. can. You yes. can be a VC. Yes. In France, we say we say sorry. In France, we say VC, VC, like VC for VC. VC, VC, yeah. like that. Yeah, like it that. VC. Like, um, we say like vacay, like short for vacation. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Okay, so um, we so I started at Verizon, um, and this is very okay. So Verizon is like a huge telecom company, right? Like Vodafone or um, some of these others. And so I started there when I was in college because I could not afford my cell phone bill. I was this. Um, I loved to text message and text messaging back then. You paid per message or SMS message, right? Mm-hmm. And so, anyways, um, I just started at the very entry level. I was a part-time customer service representative in a, in a store. And so I was the person that if you had your mobile phone and you broke it and you needed help with it, I was, I was who helped you out. And I stayed at Verizon for almost 13 years. Um, during that time, I had many different positions. So I was very fortunate to have the opportunity to work there and to grow within the company. Um, and actually, I think my time inside the company also very much contributed to what I do today literally and like in that I was on the venture team making investments or contributing to investments on behalf of Verizon. So that's how I got into VSA. Um, but also in terms of diversity and why it's important, um, similarly to what we've been discussing so far, um, a big focus of my career at one point was customer acquisition and retention in the Bay Area, which is a very diverse market. And so we were thinking about, you know, um, o- product offerings in different languages and marketing initiatives um, to reach different diverse groups, which is very different than Verizon as a whole, because the entire company did not have as diverse of a customer base as I had. And so um, I really, I would say, began my business um, experience working to help diverse and underrepresented people or to reach those people while I was at Verizon. And then um, that informed my journey really made me feel that the future of the economy is diverse and present day, today's economy is also diverse. And I took that belief with me into investing. And so when I joined the Verizon Ventures team, I was asking questions right away about the diversity of the teams we were investing in, um, the products that they were building, who those products were for and who were building, who was building the product, um, who else was investing in these companies. And Um, this was back in 2014, 2015, and not a lot of people were asking these questions at that time. So I got some looks like, (laughs) why is this important? Why is this relevant? But it is relevant because I knew that our core business could not thrive without reaching a diverse audience. So if a business the size of Verizon couldn't thrive, how could a startup thrive? And so um, that's actually what led me to meeting Arlen and ultimately joining Backstage. Wow. 
makes sense. Makes sense. So, do you think that uh, Davis is an asset for for innovation? And if yes, why? Like, if you can have a scientist approach, because many times they, yeah, of course, David is makes sense. It's important for innovation, but they have some metrics. And uh, because you know what is acquisition mean at the beginning, because you were, you was the first person people meet before uh, buy something, you know, you know what is metric mean to you. Uh, mm -hmm. And because of you two, you are investor, you know, also uh, what is metric mean to you. And uh, as, as uh, this person with both experience, like how you can like misuse uh, the impact of diversity and if diversity makes sense uh, is important in, of innovation. I think it's critical. And there's a um, there's actually a piece that I was recently a part of in Forbes. I'll send you the link to it after we talk about diversity as an innovation strategy for corporations. Um, so similar to what I was speaking about a moment ago, I think anytime you look at any of the um, of the major technologies that have moved humanity forward, or even things that we use every day that um, benefit us, like oftentimes it was somebody that came, somebody saw a problem and it was their unique perspective on that problem that allowed them to solve it. And um, actually this is where I first became familiar with the concept of intersectionality, um, was this idea of the intersection, not in the, um, in like the human resources capacity or in the um, diversity capacity as humans, more of like in the product capacity. So if you think about food, for example, um, some of the foods that have emerged over the past um, few decades, if you think about fusion, like Asian fusion or Latin fusion, mm -hmm. that is because somebody came from a diverse perspective and fused two different cuisines together and then created a whole new cuisine. Mm -hmm. And there are so many ways that this applies in our lives. Um, so many of the products that we use, the services that we use exist because somebody saw a problem and that person had a new perspective and a new way to solve that problem. And so um, when it comes to innovation, unless you have this new approach where you can create progress, you're not going to move forward. The, um, the opposite of innovation is being stagnant is staying in the same place. And so if you look at this, uh, the situation with the same eyes that you have always looked at it, you will never move forward. But if you bring in a fresh pair of eyes and a fresh perspective, it will be painful. That's what is not always discussed as part of this. Change is painful and diversity brings change. And so therefore there's a natural resistance to that change, but um, it's worth it because that's how we make progress and that's how we create innovation. And it's in every part of our lives, not just in the business aspect, but um, in our personal lives and the society as a whole, we have to bring new perspectives to the table and that's what moves us forward. Wow, wow, incredible. So do, 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 uh, did you help your people to get an inclusive growth mindset? Because uh, as you already say, like diversity brings change, but mm -hmm. This change normally, when you execute well, uh, help us to grow. Like personally, like personal growth, the company growth, people around us grow too. Because as you already say, if 
I'm I'm grow like I I I have a great mindset. I have my growth mindset, and people mm-hmm. are underestimate in front of me in my team, and they don't grow too. You know, mm-hmm. I, I'm late because every time I would say to send something to them, they will not understand because they are not don't have the same level of understanding of comparison than me. Mm-hmm. I will be all the time frustrated because. Oh, I talk to my people, they don't understand. But it's normal because you, you don't have the same level of comprehension of the world. But if we mm-hmm. our inclusiveness and uh, we try to be inclusive leader, we can make a change. So do you, do you, how do you, that you help uh, your people? And uh, also, can you help, uh, can you give us some um, insight to be uh, inclusive leaders? Yes. So for the founders that we support, um, we very much let them, we're very much like trust them to run their companies the way they will. Mm. Um, but what I will say is before we make the investment, something that we look for is we say we look for grit. Um, and what we mean by that is resilience in overcoming obstacles. And we ask um, founders, you know, what have you done so far with your company or with your idea? And w- when we're asking that question, we're trying to find out what progress they have made. And I think a growth mindset really, there's this um, book by Carol Dweck about this, right? Called The Growth Mm -hmm. Mindset. Um, Really, the way I understand the concept is that somebody that has a growth mindset doesn't give up. They're willing to continue to challenge themselves so that they can continue to um, achieve at a higher level. And they're willing to understand that where they are today is not where they will be in the future, that they're gonna Mm -hmm. continue to work on themselves to improve into the future. And that's exactly what we're looking for when we look for the grit in our founders. So um, what I'm trying to say is that they already have it when we meet them. <laughs> so I am not helping them develop it. <laughs> like, I'm you, just you trying recruit to encourage the, it. You recruit the best of the best. You don't, and uh, when you have them, you don't need to explain how to be uh, inclusive leader of the, the growth mindset, right? So they teach me. And that's yeah. what's really um, fantastic about one of the best things about my job is the ability to work with these founders because um, their creativity and their resilience when they face a challenge. And sometimes, often, when I'm reading their updates or talking with them, I am impressed and it inspires me to have my own growth mindset. Cool, cool, interesting. So uh, we will, we are not far on your on your uh, of our the end of the end of this conversation. Um, and uh, before the last question. I want to know what is your perspective of diversity? Like you, I, we know your the definition of diversity, but we want to know also your perspective. Like, uh, what could be a diversity? Because diversity is sort of thing today, but diversity could be another thing tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And you, and we we when looking for Gen Z, and you you will be also you are now a mother a mother of a future Gen Gen Z, you know. How do you, you know, think about the diversity future? What is your perspective on diversity? Yeah, I think that it's going to change and shift. Um, and I, I welcome that change. And I think, you know, I would say it's very similar to the concept that I mentioned earlier, this, the way that I defined it earlier, that I have a very broad definition of diversity. And um, I think with current trends that we have today, like, for example, um, you know, when I was a child, my best friend lived on the opposite side of the country and we used to write letters to each other. We were pen pals. Um, And now 
you could have a best friend that you meet online that lives in another country and you never meet that person in, like, in real life, but you talk to them on video chat, you talk to them every day, you send stickers back and forth to each other. And so I think that um, we have entered a world now where everybody needs to be at the table and needs to be heard and it's global. And so I think that that's just going to get stronger, like more and more people will come on to this like concept of diversity, definition of diversity, and that's what it will be in the future. And it's my hope that, you know, even though we're seeing, seeing this political trend of nationalism and people trying to, to hide and keep their borders closed and keep people out, I think that's just part of the backlash to this more persistent trend, which is that now that people are connected, they can never be disconnected again. And so we are going to be seeing the shift happen over the generations. And I'm excited about it. I think it will be a good thing. Wow. It's very interesting. This, your presentation is, uh, is uh, like explain why actually people try to don't accept the chain, but in fact, we are already connected. You, you, you can close the, the, you know, your border but you can close yeah. the border of internet, you know? Right. People can talk, you can, people can do their things. And that's why we, some people talk about the internet governance because finally the GAFA, like Google, Facebook, Amazon, etc., they, 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 they run states, you know, beach mm -hmm. states where, mm -hmm. where, where anybody else do, can do anything they want without, you know, the reg, all regular uh, policy of the government because you know that. All the time, people do something on this area, and after that, the the, the government say, "Huh, we must create some policy to regulate, you know, the internet mm -hmm. flow." But it's mm -hmm. over because it's too late for them. It's too late. Yeah, yeah. I, I love your approach. It's like more like concrete, like you know. I like that. Thanks so much. <laughs> Thank what, you. <laughs> what is your final word? Imagine you have a message to say your to your kid, your baby. But you know, it's sort of legacy. Go to sleep. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm saying to my baby. Go to sleep all the time. No, I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm just really grateful to be here. I'm grateful to be able to do this work. Um, it's it's an honor for me to do it, and um, I would love to connect with anybody that's listening to this if, and share. Just like we have connected, um, mm -hmm. I. I live a, a very online life, so come and find me online, and let's continue this work together, because I think I want to be part of this progress and change, and I am part of it, and I want to bring other people along with me. Yeah, thanks so much, Chrissy, and for, for your notice, people, if you listen to this podcast, the better way to be in contact with uh, Chrissy is Twitter. Send him a Twitter, mention him, or send a DM. She will answer for sure. And uh, she has a great gratitude for people. Thanks so much. I really appreciate it though. And uh, keep in touch. See you. Thank you. Thanks for your listening. It was a pleasure to have this conversation with you. See you next time. And don't forget to share this podcast to your friend and your family. Have a blessed day.